My name is Brandon, and I'll be your Dungeon Master. Hey, I'm Chris, and I'm playing Milo Underhand, the Rogue. Hi, I'm Kai, and I play Solo Nightingale, the Celestial Warlock. I'm Will, I'm playing Roostin, the Poem Paladin. And hi, I'm Justin Bourne. With the heart of a hobbit and the head of an orc, I play the eloquence bard, LaCroix Daboo. Hi, I'm Mike, and I play Gridar Irontop, the Dwarven Barbarian. My immediate reaction to LaCroix. Was it LaCroix? Yeah. It was like, that's just an orc with a heart condition. <laughs> right? He's got a small heart. Terrible. Did you get it, Chris? Yeah. All right. It so, was... oh, go ahead. It was halfling slander. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. To set the scene, y'all were. On a boat, of all places. Uh, amongst debris and roiling chaos in a certain plane. You had gotten there by way of a magical doorway after being kind of unceremoniously basically kicked out a sigil. Or trying to call forth a divine being. Willingly or wittingly or not, right? You arrive into the bottom of a relatively familiar boat, taking us into our opening scenes of the campaign. And as you emerge upward, you emerge onto the deck with a bunch of mind-controlled crewmen escorting Alcer, who stands at the back, kind of incredulously, but not that incredulously because it's the planes and shit happens, right? Y'all emerge on there. I say that beforehand, there probably was a magic circle that was spun up from the ground, and using the clever mechanics therein, caging Alsair within it. Uh, because it extends beyond the bounds of the kind of the deck slats. So you got below Alsair, created a magic circle, locked him in, and then engaged everything. This went almost perfectly except that at the last minute Alcer seeing that everything was not in his favor but that he had otherwise gotten what he wanted decided to try and plane shift away now normally the magic circle prevents all of that business uh but a charisma check can bypass that problem Alcer happens to be decent at charisma checks got out and uh here we find ourselves y'all kind of around the the emerging from the deck hole you have various previously mind-controlled crewmen sitting about a couple dead crewmen um, in various states of axed in the face. Um, and I think there's even Kagi sitting on the rails of the ship. Really just was waiting to see where this all went and who would end up being the owner of the ship that she hoped to captain. Or pilot, I guess is the right word. So, um, yeah, uh, our story begins with Kaki setting up from the rails, kind of like clapping her hands together as if she's like, I don't know, like at a pool place and cleaning chalk off her hands or something. She's like slapping them together. Well, that's done. Milo's just going to be shaking his head in disbelief. Ugh, got away again. What happened? He disappeared or what? Or did he, he die? Goes- he cast plane shift and left because he's a coward, like normal. Um, so that's frustrating. Uh, but he's not our issue currently, and he at least needs to heal because we did kind of fuck him up again. Uh, I still have the gem, right? You do. Do you? Where is but we're it? We're in limbo. It's in my yes. pocket. When it okay. started singing, I just left it there. Um, yeah. I don't know if I want to take it out that we're in limbo. <laughs> I don't think it's going to care here in a second. So, I mean, it is starting to, like, hum and vibrate within your pocket. Hmm. I guess I turn to the group and say, do I just smash it? Or do we just let it do what it wants to do? Um... Kagi looks around awkwardly. <laughs> Seems like it's going to do what it wants to do either way. 
Okay, then I kind of want to smash it just for like release of being done with this fucking gem and just have it happen at least somewhat in my control. So, I mean, the moment you pick it up to take it out, like it's going to just vomit forth something. Okay. Have at it. Can you, is the circle still out from the, the fight, the one that kept magic in or out? Oh, it's she is a fiend. I do I have time to like throw the gem into the circle? Oh, see if that helps for at least another 55 minutes. Yeah, heck yes. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so if you want to try and do that sort of thing, I hadn't even thought about what that might do. Yeah, so Solus gonna use. I know out of combat, but she's gonna run as she can and throw. Um, and like, I guess because I assume Lacroix is still in. Sorry, not Lacroix. Wait, he's not here anymore. I'm just gonna try and throw it within the confines of the magic circle. Okay. Yeah. So you go to throw that thing just as it's gonna like burp out. What looks like, and you can even see it starting to like take form from the various surrounding rubble and stuff it's so what happens is the gemstone reacts to limbo and kind of the floating detritus all around starts to structure take structure and form into what looks almost like an island made of like granules of dirt um and it starts to hold itself together but the stone crosses the threshold of your magic circle and its control is lost its ability to stabilize limbo is lost as it crosses that threshold and the dirt like it just it goes through like this animating conjunction of all of this debris and stuff forming something new to then just inert floating stuff that's really close together and it all just kind of starts to pop away and drift Okay, so that kind of worked. <laughs> so I'm just going to yeah, turn to the group and say, uh, we have 55 minutes to figure something out. <laughs> what are we going to do? I like your plan of smashing it. Smash it in the circle? Smash it in the circle, then we get out of Dodge. Oh. Brandon, do, can I roll something to see what would happen if I smash it in the circle? Like, I yeah, I, I call that Arcana or Insight. Whichever you want. Okay. Uh, let me pull up my character sheet. Um, oh, insight? I'm going to roll insight because it's higher. Um, okay. 16. Give the impression this is actually really easy to destroy permanently. Uh, if doing so, it would simply no longer function. And the Lovely. ramifications of that is that you understand in a sense that it doesn't store things within it. It's not like some kind of magic box that pulls things into it. It disassembles them and then saves, remembers their structure and can recreate it later. Going further right. into this kind of insight and kind of reacting to it, its reaction with limbo is it's a stabilizing stone. It can be used to anchor something into existence herein. In this case, probably it was the heart of some kind of island. So it just remembers the structure of the island. So when it's in limbo, it has the ability to recreate that stabilizing structure. Right. Like a blank canvas. But the stabilizing structure somehow has this fiend in it yeah okay so if it can I disassemble it, more than inanimate things okay so but if i destroy it then there's no longer a recollection stored of the island or the thing or the things yes okay fantastic or they pop out. <laughs> i mean or it's gonna pop out in 50 minutes either way yeah <laughs> so we might as well smash it and hope that it doesn't do anything uh and that it's like gone because yeah. it would be destroyed, like the thing holding it would be destroyed. At least with the logic that Brandon explained, 
Do you, you think understand you though, like a diskette where you could, or like a where you could send it to like completely clear it instead of getting rid of it? I don't know if it'd have any use for us, like as a portable home or something of that sort. Oh, like if we could just wipe it clean instead of destroying it, yeah, like so that there's no memory just, in it anymore. Yeah, exactly. That was my original premise with this: was giving you all a mobile base. <laughs> Would I know how to do that? No, no, definitely not right off the bat. Absolutely okay. not. Um, so it is a wild card, and I don't think Solo likes wild cards. No, not but, at all. But I however, think that not having mm -hmm. the Fiend is better than having a mobile base. Yes. Personally. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> I will say the last bit of insight you get is what will be lost here is not just the island. And not just the the god of chaos. Oh, isn't isn't Echo in there? Echo, Azamar, Ryan, Azamar. Well, Ryan wasn't Ryan wasn't Morgoth. In it yet. We don't know about that. Morgoth would be gone. Um, yeah, Y'all would probably like turn around, and there's like a bunch of like minnows flopping around on the deck. I don't know why my brain goes to like a bunch of flopping fish all the time. <laughs> That's like it's a, it's a good visual. It's definitely a good visual. <laughs> I mean, I know this sounds awful, but for the greater good, yes. three lost lives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just killed like seven people. Yep. The Ocho turns into the Cinco. <laughs> but the jacket. I don't know. What do you guys think? We can get it re-embroidered. <laughs> I, have I have my people, don't worry. I love that. Has a digitation or anything with it that we could just make it seem like it looks like it? Says this, the, the Cinco or whatever we're going to be. The I best mean, part of this... It hasn't been delivered yet. We, we, could, we could email real quick and, <laughs> and say that we, we need to change This is y'all's hang-up is the best part. <laughs> 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 These completely fictional jackets <laughs> that we just decided we had without the DM. <laughs> the integral to the story. It was integral to the contract with uh, Rashford. Yes. Was the oh, jacket? Yeah. That's right. Um, we did write that in. But then we could come back to Sigil because then we don't have the gem. Okay. Should we take a vote? Oh, dang, I didn't sure. realize Solo would be so pro-democracy here. <laughs> well, I mean, we're killing three people that we kind of spent a lot of time with, but um, I think for the greater good, it's worth the risk. There. Milo? Is there no way to get them out at all? I just don't... I mean, I... The, I've already cast Identify on it. Make There's like really back. no other spells that I know that could try and figure out. I guess one thing I can do... Um, I can cast Augury. Which lets you tell me if it's the results of what's going to happen. Mm, okay. If I do something. But I think we already kind of know. Yeah, I've been pretty forward with that. Like, did you? I offered earlier in the campaign to let you attune to the artifact, and I feel like you declined. No, you said it would take a while. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was oh. like, I, I wouldn't mind, but it would take a long time for me to do. Right. I think we just never crossed that bridge. Yeah. I, I would mind. say. A long time is like an hour, right? Okay. Well, we only have 55 minutes, Brandon. <laughs> Probably 54 at this point. I don't know if I have an hour. Can you cast the spell again? Cast what? The spell again? Like the May the Circle? Um, let me see. Magic Circle. I do have one more spell slot, so I could recast it. Um, so, yes. I would have to time it really well. 
I just <laughs> basically you can continue the spell if you have another casting yeah. of it. You I yeah, I do it. have well, another casting of it, so I can I can recast it. When you cast it, are you casting it onto an item or are you casting it into It's an onto air- a space. It's, it's onto a space. space. Okay, so yeah. we can't like make a portable space. Not with magic circle, no. Nope. Okay. There are some fun things of there if like this is Munchkin style D and D right here, right? Like, wait, if I cast on a ship, does the magic circle move? It, all it just says a point. Problem. It just says a point on the ground. So, if the ground is the ship, I assume that that is fine. Um, this is just something about well-timed magic circles and projectiles moving very fast. Oh, that's kind of fun, actually. But it it takes a minute to cast, so. You can't well timed. Do it like that. Yeah, very well done. <laughs> um, okay. These are these are the kind of players I play with in other games, by the way. <laughs> That's super. I I could not think that that fast actually. Like casting six rounds in advance. Okay, I'm rendering my magic circle for six <laughs> rounds later. Um, okay. Um, and the other guy's just like, I gotta just distract him with dancing. This is just base. <laughs> this is what happens. Yeah, Lacroix, go da- go play some songs in front of the the gem so it's distracted. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Anywho, <laughs> a jazz flute. <laughs> Would I be able to like do any kind of roll for <laughs> Arcana to see if I could like punch it or something to make it not work as well, or if we could like damage it a little bit enough that we could go back and fix it? How about we let the goddess out and fight her? She, yeah, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> if it took a bunch of other gods to put her here and like destroy her, I don't know if we can do that. How about we let her out and then be like, we let you out. Uh, you're welcome. And then we'll make friends. I'm fairly certain the imp could carry us on this fight, too. <laughs> Zottle, right? Yeah. Zottle. If I could like break the gym inside the thing, but then I also have relentless endurance, so if things go really bad, I still wouldn't die. <laughs> I also have spare the dying and a bunch of other spells. No one's gonna die right now. Hell yeah. Unless um, Solid dies first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, but it sounds like you've kind of got this plan, right? You're kind of sitting in the magic circle with the gym. Studying it yeah. and trying to use the attune process? Yeah. Alright. And I will recast it at 40 minutes yeah. from now. <laughs> sure. Yeah, so kind of time is just ticking and uh, everything's kind of floating around. Y'all that are on the boat, now that you're in limbo, can definitely get the sense that like, not only is down subjective, right? You also can kind of control and I and I'd, I guess I'd almost let y'all decide how you wanted to discover this but you can kind of control the makeup of like the dirt and stuff it seems to in the same way you can get like a squiggly in your eye and you're pretty sure the squiggly is on your eye like the dirt will follow around wherever you're looking at first right And it seems to move in conjunction with your mind. Does anyone want to do, do anything with that? <laughs> cool. So it moves where we look? At first, because you're not consciously controlling it. Yes. What I'll you'll... try forming it into a shape. Okay. Throw like an in-based uh, check. <laughs> yeah so i mean it all just kind of like you're getting it together to clump into like some kind of rock and you just get this ball of dirt <laughs> did you see my roll i did both of them okay all right oh there we go four and a nine well four was the one that kind of Mm-hmm. I'll just look at it like, yeah, that's disappointing. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Well, we are getting feedback from you as well. Oh, that's my dog drinking really loudly. I'll just. Drinking growling back. Did you put like horseshoes on the dog, or is it like chopping <laughs> onions? Like, all right. So time goes by, and Sala, you absolutely feel that you have now bonded to this gym. And you can kind of just pull things out of it. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. Um, then I guess I'm going to pull who I can remember, which is Morgoth. Uh-huh. Lord Aaron. Lani. There's the Asma in there, but I don't know if I want to take the Asma out. Am I missing anyone? Okay, I'll take the Asma out as well. I'll try and like pull the Asma out. Alright. So all these things will just take form, not from like random fish on the ground or from like the boards of the ship, but the actual dirt and debris around Limbo forms into them. And they're just kind of floating there in Limbo. Most of them catatonic. Not because of any kind of adverse effect. You just get the feeling that's uh they're fine. That's just to say that they were in, in the gem. Right. Okay. That's and fine. The mental image of like, you get the understanding that this gem is both a sentient object, but is also being controlled by some other force. Not within it, but remembered by it. And so it's the memory of something within it is causing it to behave sporadically, and it just wants that to end. The gem wanted to end, or the thing inside it wanted to end? Both of them wanted to end. The gemstone is a little more ambiguous on exactly how that comes about. Okay. Is there any the way for me to not pull something out, but to rem like erase it from the gem? Ooh. Because I don't want to bring her or the home or the island out of the gem from its memory, but I do want it to not be there. I want the gem to be a clean state without destroying yeah. it. If not possible, I will destroy the gem, though. No, you don't think it can be done? It, it, it can't be erased. Okay, I'll, I'll turn to everybody else and say, well, the people that were inside... Other than the fiend and Alcer's home place are removed from the gem. Am I forgetting anyone? Does anyone think I'm forgetting anyone? I'll just say building... like you're not forgetting anyone. Okay. Um Okay. I guess that is it. Does anyone wanna any anyone wanna do anything else before we destroy the gem? Is it a spell that's doing it, or are we just smashing it? Oh, I'm going to smash shit out of it <laughs> with my quarter, with with my hand axe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and can Barter inspire you with it, or is it not going to be like that? You're going to smash it no matter or what? <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get in case I die. Okay. <laughs> what does this inspiration look like? Describe this for us. So uh, LaCroix goes and pulls out his violin, which he hasn't, I don't think he's brought out yet, but he plays a really sweet uh, kind of Italian, but they don't know Italian, but in our world it would be Italian styled, uh, I guess slow fire, what is it, a candlelit kind of violin thing to inspire you in concentration and strength. Fair enough. Kind of as the gym, it doesn't really like this. She's yeah, yeah. Is going to be successful here. Um, um, as like, how big is this circle? Uh, I can put it in the chat. I think it's ten feet by twenty feet circle. Yeah, it's after a ten. Yeah, after she smashes it, I guess Gridar's going to try and grab her and rip her out of the circle. Totally fair. And so, and like cover cover her in rage at the same time. Oh boy! 
<laughs> Need all the all the help we can get. Right. So I guess the gym will sorry. The gym detecting and kind of feeling your intent starts to transform. It stops it softens and starts to mold like putty into a beating heart with green veins. That's kind of sad, um, but I don't really care. I'm gonna take <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, now that it's a heart, I'm going to take a dagger and stab it into it. Yeah. Um, do you want me to roll anything or no? No, like you, okay. you do the thing. So you go and stab it. It has made itself vulnerable for you. And bl- red blood drips and green ichor kind of oozes out as well. And it goes silent and inert. And slowly fades from being this fleshy chunk to quickly just decay, drying and turning into this black husk of carbon. I've never seen anything like that before. That's kind of crazy, but in the spirit of Lozaren, I'm going to take the dust and put it in my pocket. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Um, Well, now that's over. Um, I assume Grida tackles me to the ground. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Roar! Does anything happen once I'm outside of the circle? No, nothing. Okay, I I will dispel the magic circle so that um, Zotol can go wherever he wants to go on the ship. But how hard does he tackle you? Oh yeah, <laughs> do I get injured? Like like ripping her out of it and just kind of covering her. I didn't know if it was going to explode. Right, totally fair. Okay. Nothing explodes. Everything is still silent and dang anticlimactic. And I guess at this point, y'all, we can go into epilogue mode. Oh, so we're. Oh, sorry, what? So, like, high levels, like, what do y'all want to happen with these characters? Well, I was, uh, injured in the fight against Alcer, and he hit me with claws. So Mm -hmm. I need to seek medical attention, um, from a cleric or something to cast greater healing or... Greater restoration. Greater restoration. Yeah, so I stop having nightmares. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Rooster... Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which was already a problem. <laughs> was he um lycanthrope of some kind? Or is that a were tiger I'm thinking of? You're thinking of a were tiger. He was not a lycanthrope, yeah. just a yeah. straight up rakshasa. Rakshasa, yeah. Different tiger man. Yeah, and also bird form. I did a yeah. avian variant. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, I'm sure y'all can find a place that will do that. Where would y'all seek out? How would you get there? Oh, man. Where the fuck are we? Right, right now. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in Limbo. Are there gates in Limbo similar to in the Astral Plane or no? Not similar to the astral plane, similar to everywhere else, though. There are gates here, but they are far less common, and they only go to astral. Okay. So, uh, Kagi, what are you going to be up to? Oh, she's dead. Oh, man. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> around this whole time, and then she just dies. Yeah, I'm thinking through the response. So Kagi is like looking up. And like, well, I'm ready to pilot this thing wherever y'all want to go. I've uh, been itching to get back on a ship and not be crawling around cities and shit. Oh, hell yeah. Well, city. <laughs> well I, mean, if we, I mean, if we... Anywhere that there's a church of saloon, I can get you healed. But oh. also you have your own church. I'm, so, I'm sure we could find Rooston. Ah. Oh. A uh, chapel of Torm. 
the excellence. Any major city, we could probably find one, I assume. Are they, yeah. like, accepting of imps and whatnot? Except for the city of cowards. Don't go there. They're all cowards. Hoggy, like, walks back to the, the wheel of the ship and it just starts, like, doing things like, all right, y'all, start taking down the whatevers. Grab the, make sure we grab the folks that are floating free. Ah. And, I'll grab uh, by the ankles and drag them down to the ship. And it sounds like we're off to find a Temple of Torm in Limbo. I feel like there's a joke there. And she starts just, like, sailing off. Well, we're going to find a portal to a place that has one. Don't think there are any here. Right. <laughs> and yeah, you all would start that journey. Is there anything that people wanted to play before we, like, like roll talk through before we kind of just close this out. Cool. Y'all, this is my first time ever running 5th edition D&D. It's been a blast, and I was actually really pleased with the system. I enjoyed that this. Awesome. That was your first time doing 5e? Wow. Yes. Well, other than... So that's not true. I, I ran the Halloween game that Chris wrote. Hmm. I even think some of y'all might have been in that. Oh, yeah. The Winter Harvest? Yes. So, um, yeah, this is my first time doing anything resembling an extended play, for sure. This is the first campaign I've ever finished. Oh, wow. This is also <laughs> the first campaign I've ever finished as well. Hey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to have a dependability or reliability of uh, others. <laughs> yeah. How many Definitely. games? Um, I've probably done, I don't know, seven, eight different sessions. But it's like through like the last five years. <laughs> well, I mean, I like this, this uh, campaign, how many games was this? Like 10 or so? Oh. Nine or 10? Um, we had two that were chess mm -hmm. i don't know if you count that and this then... is session nine of this campaign okay so 11 i guess mm -hmm. for sure yeah so eight and a half for the proper campaign yeah i enjoyed you dming man that was fun i'm glad i'm glad i <laughs> I think my only like mental regret with all of this is not having like a cleaner, more satisfying tie-up. But in the end, y'all are free and have your own ship and can do whatever you want. Well, um, I was interested. I wasn't sure how to make this happen. There hasn't been much discussion, but of turning LaCroix good on the ship at the end, I had a whole speech written and everything, but I really don't know how to make it fit in. It'd feel like forced at this point. Right? Look at like... <laughs> have like a little round table about like what do we see our characters doing after the campaign ends right yeah okay you could do if that you want. yeah yeah chris why don't you start that off i would see milo actually i was just thinking of this i would see milo like kind of going along pretending that he's gonna go with the party to the next thing whatever we're doing but then like sneak away and go to sigil and then return to the hive and basically oh, yeah? like exit without really saying a proper goodbye right just head <laughs> out and go sneak in and blend in with the hive and araxith and all that not to be like not that milo didn't enjoy the party or had any bad feelings or anything it was just like that would be more like milo's style it was just like to just like sort of disappear and then resurface like a year later like he's running some gang in the hive okay I can see that <laughs> how about you Justin okay so LaCroix I see kind of going a uh, path of good uh, kind of hanging around more Roosten and um just trying to do more good in his life 
um, and also around Sala and just kind of learning to be a better person and whatnot. Um, yeah, I figured he would just kind of uh, roam with them wherever they end up or just jump back and forth or whatnot. Um, he also goes, he's very sentimental about the whole group and goes and visits y'all, y'all's different planes and whatnot, figures out a transportation system, uh, follows up with everybody. Uh, I also, let's see. Uh, yeah, that would work. That would work. <laughs> All right. How about Sala? I see. I think a lot of like this adventure was a lot of Sala getting out of her comfort zone and like talking to like what she would consider lower class people and things like that and realizing that there's a lot more than than just like getting money for her church that she can do um that's also still in the spirit of the patron and of her god and all of those things so i see her kind of moving away from being like warlock focus and a lot more of the cleric type focus um and mm -hmm. doing a lot of really good things for kind of transparency within her church kind of dismantling a lot of the secrecy that goes along with that as well as bringing money to underdeserving communities making sure that people can be healed and healthy where they are um and um yeah and kind of definitely returning to Faerun and doing a lot of work back home certainly and you do the the ritual for LaCroix to do good to turn good oh of course oh yeah you can help me with your music you can bring joy fuck yeah fuck yeah Fuck yeah. Mike? Oh, what do you see happening with Greidar? I think I see Greidar trying to get his, make his way back to Realm Space to continue his search for his father. Totes. Totally. And so that probably so aligns with... Out of, before he was so rudely ripped out of Realm Space. Yeah. So I think... Greidar and Morgoth still to have a uh, spinoff, and that would be a great way to do it. <laughs> yes. Alright. Finally. Will, what's going on with Roostin? What's his right. name? So when we uh, finally get to the temple wherever we're going, uh, one of the priests will cast Greater Restoration on me, and I'll be very, or Roostin will be very grateful, but the, this priest will tell me that the high priest of this temple has been uh, cursed with an affliction of cowardice, and that the only way to cure them is to travel to the Fortress of Thunder and retrieve a vial of pure essence of courage and return it and uh, feed it to them to cure them. And they like really need someone to do this quest for them, and Rustin will be uh, feel that he is indebted to them for uh, lifting his own affliction. And yeah. we have to undertake this quest. And any of the party that wants to join him is welcome to. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> awesome. Roosting in the Fortress of Thunder. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Just made that up. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. The Roosting's quest ever onward. Yep. Never stop questing. <laughs> I like that a lot. Alright, um, just while we've still got Craig in here, let's go ahead and handle some outros. Um, hey, I'm Brandon. Uh, I was the GM, and you can find me on all the various socials as at the BWT. Hey, I'm Chris. I go by uh, at Chris Gamble Photos on Instagram. That's where you can find me. And also join Raven's Realm Tabletop Discord. Nice. Hey, I'm Justin. I am the one that does the voice for LaCroix, Dabu. Um, I'm just here promoting my music at bandlab.com slash mixsushi3. Again, that's bandlab.com slash mixsushi3. And if you enjoyed the music in the show, it's mostly mine other than the ambient music, but the intros and outros, all that, all born pro or project born. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm so I'm Kai. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to find me, I'm not very active on social media, but you can find me on Twitter at Kitchard with two D's, which is K I C H I D D on Twitter. Take it away, Will. Oh. Uh, I'm Will. I don't really have anything to plug. Uh, come hang out. (laughs) (laughs) Where? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Alright, y'all. Thank you for listening to our our actual play, and uh, we'll see you on our next adventures. And thank y'all, all all y'all, listeners. Yeah, definitely. Join the Discord. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a production of the Raymond Raven's Realm Discord and Podcast Group. Um, I know we just wrapped up. Yeah, (laughs) but I was just thinking, maybe we should do something that is um like our favorite moments like reviewing like the highs and lows of our character oh heck yeah let's in the, let's just yeah the... we're here we can chop through this however we want a reunion that's what they call it yeah um, right on the all the reality shows <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> just yeah yeah <laughs> jersey shore yeah <laughs> And I have, I have, <laughs> personally, personally running run. my favorite two probably like I feel like there every two or three episodes there's like a really good NPC interaction, whether it was talking with Alsair at the circular table and doing contracts there, or talking with Araxith, or you know, various things like that. I think those are kind of my favorite scenes because they're always interesting and there was always something like, yeah, it was super serious. And then right in the middle of it, of course, like either Rooster's gonna like just shit or uh, Ryan's character, Lozaren, is gonna like throw some shit on the ground, right? Like right in the middle of it, and it's perfect and beautiful. That was a good moment. Let me take his dirt out of his pocket. <laughs> dirt, quote unquote. I, I also like the conflict of the various characters. That's. That's just a staple that I'm going to throw out, right? It's giving y'all, like, yeah, I give you what you want, but I'll make you, like, feel bad about it a little bit, right? And that's, Justin, you really demonstrated that with LaCroix and, like, feeling kind of bad about, like, the leaving those folks with the Raxith. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was uh, really cool to see that, as well as, like, seeing how every one of us kind of bonded at the end or like near the end you could see the character growth you could see everything kind of like even the way we all interacted is really it got better and better and i look forward to what we're going to do after this same yeah you too chris you got a highlight um yeah definitely episode three i believe it was when we um had the conflict with elzair i feel like everything that led up to that and surrounded that was like kind of the defining moment in the campaign for sure like the big debate that we had about completing the mission like giving him the gym or not we didn't really know what to do and then Everything just went crazy when we were in the same room with him. <laughs> he could tell that we were suspicious of him. Right? Yeah, and the whole... Rooston... Yeah. <laughs> Rooston stabbing him with a sword and doing such heavy damage. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then Milo burning down the bar, of course. Of course. <laughs>
Kai, where are your thoughts on highlights and kind of favorite parts? Well, I would also say like the aftermath of Milo burning down um, the bar, especially when it came like one of my favorite episodes, I think was episode five, when we first got into Sigil. And then when we ha- we tried to get out again and we saw that not only was like the gate that we walked through was a brick wall and then finding the other Stargate and it being not non-existent because the door had been burned down. That was a lot of um, like uh, Le- Le- Cro- no, Lorzaren's interactions with the Dabu originally was also something that I found was really cool. I also just like loved the dynamic of, okay, we made a contract with this one gang and then immediately next episode we're like, okay, we're not doing that anymore and completely turned on them and did something else. Um, just because there was a lot of like, I forgot that we had made a deal with the other gang to be completely honest. I had completely forgot that we had done that. So just going back kind of like having to deal with all of the things that we had done and figure out a viable outcome at the end, I think was something that was just enjoyable for me as a player to, to act out with the character. Yeah, the uh, Lazoran uh, interacting with the Dabu, just as an aside, I really like that visual of them like communicating visually. That was cool. I liked his bit with the Dabu and then me, and then like the confusion between the two was just <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good combo. Also, Morgoth just like talking to anyone. And that was still like very active in the campaign was just so always so enjoyable to me. And him being like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. Like it was just very, very fun to like watch and be like Rooster not liking him because he's a coward, sort of being annoyed that he won't do anything. Like it was a really good a great (laughs) character to have uh, in the campaign. He really shined in the test shots too. Yeah. Very much. My favorite part was the Indiana Jones bit. Like we built up so much <laughs> to it. Everything was like, okay, now we gotta like get him to float up to the gym, and then someone has all kinds of controls so she could do whatever. And then it was just, and then worked so hard, put all this like time and efforts into it, and then we just did it. It was nothing. <laughs> we just switched it out, got the gym. Oh. Also, yeah. just finding the Holy Avenger just on the f- on a table, and then Rusty being like, "Oh, this is cool," and like me like being able to read the Celestial and being like, "Oh, this is like an angel weapon," and then it being in the hands of Rusty to defeat uh, Alsea was pretty cool too as well. Yeah, definitely. I ever, to, I ever got to meet the person whose name was on my sword and tell them their name was written on. So I alluded to it, right? But that angel was absolutely dead. Yeah. Oh, Elsair, figure like, man, I'll, I'll go in. I'll, I'll give you kind of like the behind the scenes of like my thought process and everything once we wrap through this. That way you all can kind of see the behind the scenes, like brain machinations I have. I'm curious about that. Mike, any particular highlights? There wasn't a lot of combat for Grider to dig into, but yeah, I almost feel no, like... Mm-hmm. I loved the rolling jokes. I mean, from the beginning, it was it was um, roosting, eating dirt shit, not wanting people to eat chicken. Um, Sala asking him to go get her an omelet when we were in the oh, hotel yeah. was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Ryan's character just amazed with whatever he saw was great. Yeah, him lining his pockets with shit. <laughs> I mean, I just could not get enough of stuff like that. Um, Mark's character just having no will or want or anything to do with anything dangerous. <laughs> just nope. was great. <laughs> yes. Will? What are uh, your thoughts with Roostin and highlights for the campaign in general? Uh, the Roostin had a lot of good, like, one-liners kind of earlier. Not so much, like, mm-hmm. the second half of the game. Got a little more serious there. But, uh, I liked Zoddle. <laughs> he was fun. Zoddle was great. That whole 
flying into his house and just like whatever <laughs> right completely just off the cuff random hijinks was great what what would we have done to like find Alcer otherwise do you have like a plan literally for no i didn't i don't because what what would i plan like you're a cost random person a cost random thing maybe yeah. i'd eventually had him try and track you down and like send assassins at you but that would have taken at least days more likely weeks right and so yeah. you all y'all were moving in faster terms than anything like that would have worked so i'm just like let's just see what they do okay Right, because if you just show up to Sigil like the day after you burn down that bar and you're suddenly getting attacked by ninjas all the time, like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, like Alcera is in recovery at this point. He's hurt super bad. Doesn't necessarily have the ability to heal himself himself. So uh, we got to figure some stuff out. I also just loved all of the interactions with Zotel of like, no, you can't come into my church, you're a fiend. And then being upset when I sent Jewel instead of him to scout. Like, he was just a great, like, NPC to have in my campaign as well for the last couple of episodes. Yes. Yes. He's going to come with Roosten to the, the Fortress of Thunder. Whatever fortress. the fuck I said. The fortress, I think I said Fortress of Thunder. I think you said, <laughs> yeah. I can almost see that as, like, a trashy, like, 80s, like, fantasy novel. Like, Roosten. <laughs> And the Fortress of Thunder, and you have like this like paladin dressed, you know, rooster with like a demon like hiding behind his shin, like looking out yeah. like shyly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Any party, anybody want to come with Roosten on his next quest? <laughs> no, I think that would. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> I think that would. would. Nice. You would? I thought you were going to go back to the hive. Yeah, but I think, you know, I don't know. Much. His, yeah. he, he'd still be, he'd be like, all right. That's I like one. the idea of LaCroix yeah. going, but I also like the idea of RPing like someone that's from your area, a poem. Okay. Yeah, Milo, I bet there's a lot of cool shit to steal at that fortress. Don't forget the friends we make along the way, too. <laughs> That's the real truth. <laughs> he was describing it, all I could think of is the old 80s cartoon, that heavy metal. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so my behind-the-scenes, like, machinations and thoughts, right? From the start, I was like, I'm going to throw them all together by getting them on a boat. They've been, like... Shanghai, basically, and then I'm gonna have them freed by what I consider to be the main, the primary antagonist for the campaign, and he's gonna make them do his bidding, but seems super nice about it. Generally speaking, that worked, right? Um, he'd actually like been working on this for tens or hundreds of years, right? And so he's had a lot of time, and he, everything down to like, I just need some actual good characters. To go in this place and grab this thing for me i can't do it and none of my crew can do it so let's go find some people and lo and behold the start of the campaign but i have a question about that because we sure. had non-good characters go in so why couldn't he just like kidnap a good character have them open the door and then just go in and grab it i uh, didn't he probably could have done <laughs> something like that <laughs> he's a bad guy bad guys don't do anything easy that's true. Be because y'all agreed to do it without him kidnapping you, I think is the answer. That's fair. That's fair. Because he did technically save us, because he killed all the people that were on the ship that we were on. Right. Right? So we kind of were kind of in debt for him in some way. Yeah. Did we talk about that at all during the debate where, where about completing the mission? Like, did we include the fact that he no, did spare him? not at all. <laughs> not what. <laughs> Because <laughs> that is an interesting angle. Like we were so suspicious, and yet he could have killed us in episode one if he wanted to. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, you're free," and that was it. And we decided to follow him. Um, no, I didn't even think about that until now. That he literally saved us because we would have just been saved on a ship. Um, well, I guess that's why we did originally work for him or go along with his offer. 
he just gave you reasons to be suspicious whether it was like i mean i tried to like drill up some of the creepiness of him from the start where it's like like sala you had like the room under him and so you just heard him pacing all night or something yeah what was he doing was he just pacing like a creepo that was actually the night he was summoning he was working on the summoning circle to summon and bind a certain angel Oh, so he got the angel away from the gate. Right. And killed- okay, okay, that makes sense then. And so when y'all leave, he goes and he binds it, and then it just kind of vanishes. Gotcha. Um. And I kind of alluded to that, and we had to leave after the burning of the end of the tavern. Um, and y'all didn't stick around, but if you had searched through, like, the rubble, or had looked around, you would have seen, like, a half-devoured angel corpse in the burn in the ruins there. It wouldn't have gotten burned by the fire. So he ate it. Yeah, Rakshasa. Ew, <laughs> that's gross. Like, um, nice. so okay. <laughs> I do have another question. Why was what was there were like there any traps at all with the gem being on the plinth, or was it just like a ceremonious circle room with the gem? It was a ceremonious circle room meant to only be openable by bad dudes. So basically, I was like, the door can only be opened by good, can be opened only by those of good character. Basically, I have good on the character sheet. Um, inside, it was all ceremony and shit like that. Probably would have been grounds for a magic circle, but wasn't actually a magic circle. Um, and the big ass angel there was the main point of defense. And they do like thousand year ten years watching over that room is kind of what I had in mind. Hmm. If you had um if there had been more space here um where we weren't just going straight into that, I would have stretched it out and had y'all doing odd jobs for Elsair, freeing other people. Um going and, and finding Githian key pirate ships that are like marauding and grabbing people. And you'd be freeing them. But over time, you would I would have like specific characters. And I even imagine like really dark and tragic things like, oh yeah, this little girl with like these pink shoes and stuff like that. And just over time build up to this standoff with Alsair, which ultimately happened, so I didn't need to do any of it. And y'all already distrusted him. But then like one of you like barge into his room and like in the corner is like a pile of clothes and like the pink shoes are right there. And it's like Alsair is like is a Rakshasa and like eats people oh so he would have eaten all the people that we quote unquote saved from he would have, he would have eaten college. like one percent of them which okay. is still a non-zero percent of them right yeah <laughs> so, so if so we had just given him the gem what would have happened he would have gone out and he would have brought back the stuff it would have been that island the the chaos god that he is completely sm for would have rebuked him right and i'm not sure kind of where from there because i hadn't really thought it through i didn't have to think it through because y'all were never really going to entertain that but i i did have it in my mind that uh the the affection was one directional if that makes sense so a true simp yeah like a twitch chatter okay <laughs> got it <laughs> And uh, cool. and kind of in that throws like probably have Elsair change a little bit as a character and a, and as an antagonist, um, and probably actually have that because it's not an evil like being; it was just a chaotic one. Um, okay, and that's kind so of where like I was going. It's like a chaotic neutral deity. Yes. Okay. That was my mind. Um, but once it became clear that wasn't going to happen, even going into today, I was like, they're going to find a way. They're going to think of something that would make sense here. So. so, yeah, I mean, that was the gist of it. And it's just kind of running those machinations in the background. I understand my characters and their intents. And then I see where y'all apply the matches that I give you. Matches being things like the gym itself or the Holy Avenger. Holy Avenger was completely because I... Just like combat, I knew that if you... I wanted to have Rustin in Sigil with a Holy Avenger so that like anytime you happen to get into a fight, 
you could realistically win it. It's just, just because you can doesn't mean it's a good idea, right? And I wanted to kind yeah. of walk through that. I like just having a... the only magic weapon. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have given out more. It just within the scope of the campaign, I think it would have been a little more murkier. But it, it's a common theme of the games I run where I just like I love to give characters nukes, and then not necessarily give them enemies that are worthy of having nukes thrown at them. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, like oh, yeah. giving you way too much power and then watch you be irresponsible with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are a lot of my sandbox games. Alright, y'all. 